As we say goodbye to 2021 and look ahead to the future, there have been continued big green developments in cars, trucks, and other vehicles. I'm Robert Colangelo. This is Green Sense, where we bring you eco innovations. Our friend Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, has our year end green automotive news. Tom, welcome back to Green Sense for our final show of 2021. Well, thanks for having me. Well, let's put this one behind us. Uh, this was uh, another rough year, but uh, hopefully 2022 is going to be much better. Um, so let's get into uh, one of the things that uh, creates a little anxiety out there, and that's chargers. It yeah. remains the biggest concern for people when it comes to EVs, and President Biden plans to roll out an electric vehicle charging station program. Tell us more. Yeah, they're talking about numbers that are staggering and probably numbers that wouldn't be uh, uh, numbers we should certainly think about achieving at some point. But the federal government, uh, Biden's new EV plan includes um, hopefully the money for 500,000 new charging stations. Uh, and one assumes that those are all DC fast charging stations, which would have a huge impact I think on the viability of the electric vehicle for the average driver. Question I have, I know it's hard to see the future, but uh, say they put the 500,000 charging stations in there, how long before they're obsolete? Probably a very, very long time. Um, we're looking at different levels of fast charging right now. And what we call DC fast charging isn't as fast as it gets. There's, there's vehicles like the Porsche Taycan, for example, that can charge twice as quickly, but the cost of that charging system is very high, pro prohibitively high, really. I think that we're gonna reach a level with what we call fast charging right now that is gonna be fairly typical for a long time. You are the guru of gear, so I'll ask this question. How did gas stations evolve? Uh, did they come about quickly when the car came about or did it take a while to get this network of gas stations? No, and I've made that analogy before. I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, in the in the 20, you know, in the 1910s or earlier, people bought gas at drugstores. That's just a place where they used to sell kerosene and, and coal oil and things like that. And gasoline wasn't especially clean and it wasn't especially affordable and it wasn't that easy to access, but people found it. Very interesting. Yeah, we, we could probably spend a show on that maybe in the future. Uh, do it, Tom, any uh, idea of how many gas stations there are out there? You know, I looked for that number today and I thought there was something like 100,000, I'm sorry, 100,000 gas stations in the U.S. Wow. So 500,000 chargers, just to put that in context, is a huge amount. I don't know how they came up with that number. I don't know either. There is some reasons why we might need more electric chargers. And that's that it takes 40 minutes or so to fully charge a vehicle or to get an 80% charge on a level three charger. So the amount of time that people will be spending at a fueling station, an EV fueling station, will be longer. That's why you're the guru of gears and you can't get this information anywhere else except maybe your podcast. So thank you for that. Um, another uh, thing that gives us anxiety when it comes to EVs is price. But that uh, price hurdle may not be there for very long because luxury electric car maker Lucid Motor says the 25,000 electric car is coming. When? Well, that's a good question. Um, it is, it's worth noting that right now in China, General Motors sells a vehicle called the Wuling Hangguan EV. And that vehicle sells for $4,000. So a cheap electric car is available. The question is, can you build a cheap, cheap electric car that Americans want to buy? Good question. And what's the answer? 
Maybe. $25,000 might actually be overshooting the target a little bit or undershooting it. Um, right now, the average transaction price on a car for pre-COVID, and assume that it returns to some sort of normal level in the next year or two, uh, was about $37,000. And that's about where people expect to find new cars these days with the level of comfort options and features that they're looking for. I'm not entirely sure that there is a U.S. market for a bare bones entry level electric vehicle. Shouldn't electric cars be cheaper? They have a lot less uh, moving parts. Yeah, and they will be eventually. Or cost parity should be coming soon. The holding point, uh, the sticking point is still the cost of the battery, but that's coming down. Well, this is a, a bright story is Toyota, which gave us the hybrid Prius way back in 1997. Can you believe that? They're now investing $70 billion in EVs and making Lexus an all-electric brand. And I just saw a sneak preview of the EV uh, Toyota uh, Tacoma pickup truck. Looked wonderful. So I really hope uh, uh, Toyota gets into the EV market. What are your thoughts on that? This is interesting because Toyota has been dragging its feet on electric vehicles. Toyota is so committed to hybrid vehicles that it, it, it thought that that was the solution. And Toyota has gone so far to start developing internal combustion engines that run on hydrogen, which is relatively clean, but it's still not squeaky clean. Um, and I think what happened here is that an internal conflict at Toyota has been resolved. And that conflict had to do with appeasing shareholders who want to hear about EVs and appeasing the Japanese uh, populace who don't want to hear that they're going to have fewer jobs because EVs uh, require less labor to produce. And Toyota, of course, is one of the largest employers in Japan. Uh, and I think they, 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 they really didn't want to commit to this move to EV, but ultimately they were forced to. Well, what happens if they lose market share? Doesn't that reduce jobs too? Well, that's exactly the case. And we actually, in the last few weeks, Herbert Diess at Volkswagen has had the same problem in Germany where he, he spoke out of turn, perhaps noting that 30,000 jobs were going to be lost in the short term as Volkswagen starts committing to building more and more EVs. And this caused outrage. And there's a battle there between Volkswagen now and the labor unions. But ultimately, he was speaking the truth as they convert to this. But Germany doesn't want to hear about fewer jobs. That's very much like Japan. Yeah, this is the old age old question. Do you stand in the way of progress and do you get on the train or do you try to stop it? So it'll complex question. So we'll have to keep an eye on it. But the EV train has definitely left. And it seems like if you don't have a piece of that market, uh, that's going to hurt you in the long run. Well, someone that has a piece of that market is Elon Musk and time made him the person of the year. And as the magazine tells us, he sees his mission as solving the globe's most intractable challenges, combustion engine automobiles, infrastructure construction, artificial intelligence, neurotechnology, payment systems, and increasingly money itself through his dalliances with cryptocurrencies. Wow, that's a lot. Any That's a, a word salad. Tell me what you think. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are upset about this, but per Times Person of the Year isn't always the honor it seems like. It's more an acknowledgement of impact on society. Uh, and and Elon Musk has certainly done that. And I, there's no way that we would be at a point right now where Toyota, for example, would be committing $70 billion to building and developing EVs if Elon Musk, Elon Musk had not lit a fire under the auto industry. Um, last quarter, uh, Tesla built 250,000 built and delivered 250,000 vehicles. So they're going to, they're on pace for a million vehicle 
year. This, this is a very real company. It's all electric. And he did this. This is an amazing thing. It, it's, it's hard to not believe that this guy doesn't deserve this kind of recognition. Tom, put it, put it in perspective. What's the next EV producer uh, manufacturing and, and how do you compare that to Tesla? The next largest? Yes. Uh, who is that now? It's probably Volkswagen at the moment. Before that, it was probably General Motors. And they're so much smaller in terms of volume. Do you know what that volume is? What would be the easiest way to calculate it? I do not know offhand what the EV volume is, but Volkswagen is probably going to do something like 100,000 electric vehicles. This oh, year. so 10%. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's so far ahead. And what's even more important is that he's got a charger network and no, one's, no one else's charger network compares. No, it seems to work very well. It's very, very easily located and they're very fast. Well, 2021 uh, was an interesting year and it had its challenges, uh, chip shortages, kinks in the uh, production of car supply chain, rising production costs, labor shortages. From your perspective, what were the biggest challenges when it came to uh, getting more EVs and green cars on the road? Probably the chip shortage. And, and the chip shortage required manufacturers who had just launched vehicles in this category and did not want to lose ground or waste their marketing efforts to divert funds and, and, and not funds so much, but resources from building conventional vehicles to building EVs. So Ford, of course, has dedicated all sorts of energy to building the Mustang Mach-E. Uh, and, and, and this, instead of building other electric vehicles, same thing at Volkswagen, uh, where the ID4 and its other ID products are brand new uh, and largely receiving pretty good reviews, but they've got the supply chain in place and they really want to get these vehicles out there. So we've seen this dedication by manufacturers to the EV effort at the expense of the internal combustion. Uh, and the, the chip problem's not solved, is it? No, every person I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks suggests that it's as bad as it's going to get right now and that it's slowly getting better. But unfortunately, it's going to get better very slowly. So all of 2023 is going to be tainted by the chip shortage. So how would you sum up 2021 when it comes to green cars and trucks? Um, <laughs> chaotic, I think. I think if you're looking for a mid-price crossover right now, you're going to have a very hard time finding one because all the volume is in expensive vehicles or electric vehicles. And I think that if you're a consumer, it's been very frustrating. That might be the word. I think if you're a consumer, frustrating. What do you think 2022 is going to hold for us? Uh, about the same, but gently getting better. We're going to see a lot of good electric product coming out and the kind of electric product that people are going to be interested in. Mainstream, uh, relatively affordable stuff. And I'm excited about that. Tom, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. We've been doing this for almost 10 years now, and uh, I always look forward to having you on the show. Uh, really appreciate the time that you put into this. Uh, this is a labor of love for both of us. So thank you very much. I wish you and your family a happy holidays and a wonderful 2022. Well, you as well. Thank you. That's publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, Tom Appel, with our year-end green automotive news. Read his articles and reviews at consumerguide.com. And check out his podcast, Car Stuff. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense. Subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com and listen to the Green Sense Minute on Thursdays and Saturdays on News Radio 1059, WBBM, Chicago.